This is Mixtress Ray, and you're listening to What's This Bitch Talking About? To which the answer to that question is every episode of Buffy the Vampire Slayer exactly 20 years after its original air date. Which means today we're talking about Older and Far Away. This is the one where um, Dawn makes a wish to a guidance counselor that is Halfrick, and everyone gets stuck in the house during Buffy's entire birthday party and forever (laughs) but i don't know i think we're supposed to think it's like a over the course of a weekend maybe because the first morning after they're watching cartoons which back in the day that was a saturday morning activity so i'm assuming that they were like stuck in the house over over the weekend so um okay yeah (laughs) um next week We do not have a Buffy episode to talk about. My general plan is to catch up on the Angel episodes that I have missed. And I think there are, there are probably at least four or five that I've missed. I'm not entirely sure. Um, So I'm not sure. I mean, my, my general idea is that I will catch up on those episodes like in the next week, you know, I'm not going to watch them all at once, hopefully. And then I will record next Saturday or next Friday or something like that, or next Sunday, whatever. I'll record sometime in the next week or so, um, give or take a day. And, um, just kind of talk about the episodes of Angel that we've missed. And going forward, most likely that's the way that I will do it is just catch up on a handful of angel episodes at a time, or maybe I'll, yeah, yeah, I think so. I think that's what I'm going to do. So my episode next week will just be talking about the angel episodes, just like a quick little recap updating about the angel episodes. That's the plan anyway. (laughs) Sometimes plans don't turn out the way that they're supposed to, but That's what I'm hoping to do. (laughs) Okay. Let's... Okay, so this episode is, like, you know, kind of lighthearted compared to most of what we've got in this season. What is the next episode? Next episode is called As You Were. But what is it? That's one that I don't recognize by title alone. Oh, that's where Riley comes back. Okay. So that episode is okay too. It's, it's also kind of lighthearted. So that's nice. We're, we're having a little bit of a break. So this week was kind of a slightly more lighthearted episode. Next week, uh, we're just going to talk about some angel episodes. And then the week after that, we'll be talking about another somewhat lighthearted episode, you know, (laughs) relatively speaking, because we are still in season six and things are still depressing, but, um, okay, let's start with, let's get into my notes. Um, the episode starts with Buffy's putting her coat on. She's running out in the middle of dinner so she can go patrol. 
Um, so she can't even get through a whole dinner with Dawn, I guess, is the idea here. Um, I just want to gripe about something right in the beginning. The way that they're having Dawn act, I mean, kind of all the time, but also especially in this episode, they're having her act in the way that she did when we first met her, which was already too immature and too young for her 14-year-old self when we first met her. And she's 15 now. Um, like, yeah, she's young. Yeah, she's going to be a moody teenager. But the way that they're portraying it is just doesn't feel authentic to me that she would still be acting like this. Because, and lately I've been thinking, just in general, when it comes to pop culture criticism, um, obviously I'm doing it. Thank you so much for listening. But whenever people have, like, behind-the-scenes stories about, like, TV shows and movies that I like... I lately I've been thinking I don't necessarily want to know those stories all the time anymore because it kind of ruins it sometimes, you know? So the fact that I, you know, know the information that, you know, Dawn was supposed to was originally written to be a character that was younger, you know, like 11 or 12, something like that. And then they cast... Michelle Trachtenberg and decided to age her up a little bit, but they forgot to actually age her up in the script, you know, because she's constantly acting like, you know, a middle schooler when she's probably at this point, like a sophomore in high school. She's the age that Buffy was when we met her. You know what I mean? It's like, it's not believable for her to be acting so immature, especially because of the environment that she grew up in. She grew up with her older sister being a slayer. She probably had to mature faster than, you know, a young girl usually does, just like Buffy, but in a different way. And I just, I just hate what they're doing to her character because so many people hate Dawn as a character. And it's because of episodes like this, where the entire episode, she's just acting really ridiculous, really one note and... You know, I don't mind that they chose to make her into a kleptomaniac. You know, that makes sense to me because, you know, that is a thing when you're a teenage girl. It happens to a lot of teenage girls. I even did it like a tiny bit, um, only like a handful of times. And it was always something like very insignificant, but, um, you know, it was an impulsive rush kind of thing. And then whatever, you know, um, <laughs> I can even like tell you the story of all of them. Um, one of them was a pregnancy test because I didn't think that I should have to give Walmart my money to know whether or not I was pregnant. <laughs> um, one of them was, uh, I stole nail polish also from Walmart. See, here's the thing that I find unbelievable also with Dawn is like, okay, so she steals from the mall, but I just feel like Dawn wouldn't be stealing from the magic box, you know, because she's not a bad kid. She's a good kid. You know, she gets good grades. She's kind of nerdy. Um, she's a good kid. 
So I think that she would not want to steal from her friends and family. She wouldn't want to steal from Anya. So, I mean, I get why they did it from the standpoint of, you know, you're filming a show. A set location such as the Magic Box is somewhere where you already, you don't have to establish that she's stealing things by putting her in a different set piece. I mean, I get why they did it, but I don't like it, you know? Anyway, um, okay. That's just my general gripes with, I, overall, this is a fun episode though. Okay. Buffy's wearing a stupid hat when she's in the cemetery. She fights a demon with a sword. He, she gets knocked down and he, like, goes into the sword and Buffy thinks that he's run off. Like, she wasn't looking away long enough to not know that he got caught in the sword. And then later in the episode, she says, I thought I killed him the other night. So that was just a general discrepancy in the script, I guess, because, you know, she thought he ran away in the moment. And then later she claimed to have killed him. Whatever. Doesn't matter. Um, no one wants to go to the mall with Don. Don wants to go to the mall to shop for Buffy's birthday gift and then when they don't go with her she steals a bunch of shit at the mall which okay you know fine <laughs> we've known that she's been stealing things for a while now we've seen it um and of course it is sad because you can tell because we see dawn get home from the mall we see her dump out all of her loot that she's stolen um and she doesn't look happy at all, you know? So I think that this scene was actually done pretty well, you know, cause she's like wearing the leather coat that she stole for Buffy's birthday. And she's looking at herself in the mirror in it. And it just, you know, she looks dead inside, you know? Um, Willow's going to a group called Spellcasters Anonymous. I call bullshit on that. Okay, they live in a very small town, ostensibly, even though Sunnydale has everything. But they live in a small town, we're supposed to think. <laughs> and there are enough people in this town that need to uh, cut magic out of their lives. Like, <laughs> I couldn't, I don't know. You know, I get that they're doing this, like I've said a gazillion times, I get that they're doing this whole addiction allegory thing with Willow, with the magic, and they've been setting it up for years. I get that. And I'm okay with it for the most part, but like, sometimes it just doesn't make sense. Like, they're really committing to this metaphor and it doesn't make sense all the time. Anyway. Um, Dawn getting called, Dawn gets called out of class, the, um, and, and I just wrote, Dawn getting called out of class must be so triggering for her because she got called out of class um, so that someone could tell her that her mom was dead. And with all the PTSD that she must be going through right now, um, getting called out of class would probably be extremely upsetting for her. Um, but it's Halfrick, which we met like two episodes ago. She had is one of Anya's vengeance demon friends, so we already know what's going on. Like, well, maybe not. Because she had, like, her, her demon face on when we saw her 
in that other episode and this time she has a human face on so it's possible that like the first time seeing this you wouldn't necessarily have realized that that was Halfrick. yeah anyway that's possible um then we get to the birthday party and Anya and Xander are trying to set Buffy up so they invited someone to the party without asking her which I think that's shitty I know that's like a thing that people do but that's shitty. <laughs> Don't invite someone to, you know, your friend's house for their birthday party without asking them, you know, just saying. But I guess that's a typical introvert response. Like if people are coming over to my house for a birthday party, then I want to have invited them. <laughs> so Richard, the guy that they're trying to set her up with shows up and he is a literal red shirt. He's actually wearing a red shirt, which is, it, it looks awful. It just like everybody else looks just normal, whatever, clothes. But he's just like a tan blonde boy wearing a bright red, boring polo shirt. Like, what the fuck? He has no style whatsoever. Um... When Tara shows up, Buffy and Tara hug, which is sweet. And they have this, have this little conversation about... Um, Tara asks Buffy how she's doing and asks her, you know, if Spike's going to be coming to the party and Buffy's like, no, I, I don't think so. Like, cause she didn't invite him. Um, and Buffy just sort of says, plus I'm not. And then I think Tara like finishes the sentence out of the closet and she's like, yeah, no, I'm all stay any. <laughs> so that was just a sweet little we got a sweet little Buffy and Tara conversation after, you know, the end of the last episode, which is nice. Um, and Tara throughout this whole episode, I mean, spoiler, spoiler alert, she's going to get MVP again. Might as well just write that down in my ratings right now. Because any episode where we feature Tara in any way, she's going to be the absolute best. That's just how it is. <laughs> it's funny that I love Tara so much because most of the time when I really, really like love a character, it's because they're evil <laughs> or maybe not because they're evil, but almost all the time, whenever I really love a character, they are evil. So I wonder what it is about Tara that I love so much. I, I mean, I could just sit here and talk about how much I love Tara for an entire episode, honestly. Um, so throughout the whole episode, she's just sort of like standing up for Willow, standing up for Buffy, like throwing snark at Spike, you know, and knowing glances and stuff. And like, she's just the best. Oh my God. Um, keep losing my spot. Um, Buffy's opening presents, just silly shit. Like Willow gives her like this, um, like sharper image, like back massager thing and calls it instant gratification for all your little achies. And for some reason, Buffy looks at Spike whenever she says that. And he just like raises an eyebrow. It's just a funny little moment. Um, like I'm your instant gratification for all your little achies. <laughs> He's still beat up you know, from, and no one asks why he's beat up. No one. 
because, you know, Buffy beat him to a pulp in the last episode. You remember. Um, Dawn is really fucking excited for Buffy to open her gifts because she wants to see her reaction to the leather jacket that she stole for her. And Buffy loves it, but she quickly gets distracted because Xander's gift is better because he made her a weapons chest, you know, because he's carpenter guy right now. So that was cute. And Dawn feels very overshadowed, you know, in that moment. You see that. And that's fine. You know, those little moments are fine. It's just how Dawn acts. Anyway, whatever. We'll we'll just talk about it as we get there, you know. Sophie, a chick that Buffy works with, shows up. That's somebody that Buffy did invite to the party. And she just looks like this little high school kid. Um, but I think we're supposed to assume that she's like in her early 20s or something. I don't know. I think she drove herself there. I don't know. Um, and then since she's the last guest to arrive, I guess that's when the spell because we see Halfrick come out of the shadows on the porch and then she turns into demon face and she says, wish granted. So, um, and what the actual wording of what Dawn said to Halfrick, and I didn't even talk about that conversation between Halfrick and Dawn. It was kind of, it was nice. You know, she really did read as a guidance counselor and she seemed like she cared. And to be honest, I was thinking as I was watching the episode today, you know, how cool would it be to be a vengeance demon? You know, like you get to live forever. You get to be immortal and you get to, you know, do all this creative magic shit to get back at people that have been shitty. <laughs> you know, I feel like you'd have some control over it to a certain extent because you hear the wish that someone makes and then you get to create what is actually done, you know, because what Dawn actually said was sometimes I, people I love tend to go away. Sometimes I wish they would stop going away or something like that. It was kind of vague. So she could have granted that wish in many different creative ways. She didn't have to be shitty about it. She didn't have to be like, you know, doing like it in a curse kind of way. I don't know. I just, I kind of want to be a vengeance demon. demon. <laughs> I think I could, I would be good at that. I think so. I'm a Libra. I have a strong sense of justice. <laughs> um, so yeah, that's, that's my wish because like I've, I've been into like vampires since forever. And, you know, I kind of like the idea of just being like young forever and getting to like live forever. Like immortality sounds cool, but I don't really want to be a vampire. Like, I don't want to have to suck people's blood. That's just like way too intimate, you know? <laughs> I want to be a vengeance demon, okay? <laughs> All right. Um, Tara, Tara catches, okay, so like there's this little moment where Spike's like, I don't know trying to get Buffy to put her hand down his pants or something. I don't know what's happening in the moment, but um, Tara catches um, Buffy and Spike and you know, Buffy. Yeah. Buffy and Spike. Buffy just kind of like storms off 
and um Spike is just like staring at Tara. Tara's just like looking at him, just like staring him down. And she's like, You had a cramp in your pants? Because he starts to say he has a cramp and Buffy was helping him. And he's like, Yeah, a cramp in my pants. That's a thing. And she's just like, Mm hmm. <laughs> I just love that. That was awesome. And then later on, um, like everybody's playing cards or playing board games and stuff and doing different stuff in the living room. And, um, Spike says something. I don't know. I don't, he's saying something weird to Buffy or I don't, I don't remember what the conversation was, but Tara just looks over at Spike and she's like, how's that cramp? You may want to put some ice on it. It's like, and he just looks at her like, what are you doing, Tara? I just love how when Tara's not with Willow, she's so self-assured and like, I mean, not when we first met her because she was just kind of stuttery and shy, but now Tara is very self-assured. She's very badass and she's just, uh, I just hate that she's going to die in a few more episodes. <laughs> Um, one thing I have to call bullshit on. So when Spike and Clem show up at the party, which yay, Clem, I love it. <laughs> this is only like the second time we've seen him, but he's going to become kind of a regular, um, not like a regular, regular, but we're going to see him often in the last two seasons of Buffy, which I like. So whenever they first show up, Spike has a six pack of beer. And at one point you see that same six pack the morning after, so it's like Saturday morning at this point, I assume, based on the cartoons. And you see that six pack sitting on like the coffee table and four beers are still in it with the lids, with, with the caps still on them. So they're not empty. Like I call bullshit on that because Spike would have devoured that entire six pack within two hours, probably, you know? He wouldn't have, I mean, if and at that point they've been there all night into the following morning and none of them have gone to sleep. Like no one else drank that six pack. No, I call bullshit on that. Plus their entrance into the house, Spike and Clem was through the kitchen door. So they would have immediately just reached out three feet away and put that six pack in the fridge. I know how parties work. Okay. When you're having people over to your house, you make extra room in the fridge for the beer the people are going to bring. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> Plus, Anya and Willow were talking about, and Xander were talking about going on a beer run the night before. They wouldn't have needed to go on a beer run if there were four beers left of that six-pack. Like, first of all, they wouldn't have been left. But anyway, <laughs> this is me getting caught up in the details. You came here for it, okay? Um, I just wrote down because it was just really funny. At one point, like, Spike is giving Richard shit about, like, I don't know. He's saying something about get feeling peckish and, like, maybe I should eat. It was just stupid. And she, like, pulls him into the other room and she says, We do not joke about eating people in this house. <laughs> and I just love that because she just, like, sounds like she's someone's mom talking to her kid, you know? Oh man. And my next note is Dawn is awful. 
Also take a shot because Dawn did her patented get out, get out, get out, get out. <laughs> I'm like, oh my God, she's going to do it. Oh my God, she's going to do it. <laughs> I love it. I'm going to take a little uh, sip of my whiskey, my first sip of whiskey today. Just to celebrate Dawn saying her patented phrase. So that happened at the end of a scene where she, she stormed off because everybody was like realizing that she was taking everything. So, so at the point where everybody realizes that, you know, sometime Saturday morning ish, everybody realizes they can't leave. And, um, Dawn is getting upset that they want to leave. And this is where I just, I, I don't know. I just feel like there, there's gotta be some way for this to not be as heavy handed as it is. I don't know. I don't, I'm not a script writer. I don't fucking know how to deal with that, but it just was a lot that, you know, Dawn is getting really, really upset and taking it that personally that people want to leave when it's fully like they had a sleepover. Every single guest at this party stayed overnight, which is very strange. Like she, you would think that she would also be a little concerned that no one can leave, you know? Um, anyway, whatever. So she gets upset because, um, people even want to leave. And then they're asking her, they're kind of like looking at her sideways. Like, why are you so upset that we want to leave? Do you have something to do with this obvious spell that we're all under right now? And she storms off and then they follow her and, um, they, you know, are just, they're pretty gentle about it. Like it's Anya, Spike, uh, Buffy, Tara, Willow. Is it even Spike? Is Spike there? I don't know. But Dawn like throws herself on the bed and they're like, what's going on? You know, do you know something about this? Um, you seem to take it really personally that we can't leave. So, you know, if you know something, just tell us. And like, they're being pretty gentle about it, but she does feel ganged up on, which makes sense. Like <laughs> in real in real life, if Buffy were real life, the show, um, probably just Buffy should follow her and talk to her. You know, everybody else should just stay out of it. You know, the fact that there were like five of them standing over Dawn in her bed and talking to her about this is not going to go well. So I guess that tracks with, with how she, upset she gets and she tells them all to get out. Anyway, um, yeah. Okay. Where are we? Get out, get out, get out. Okay. Um, so they decide to like, maybe try to do a spell, um, to see if they can, you know, counteract whatever's going on so they can get out. And, um, Tara's like, well, I can do it. Um, since Willow's not going to do it, obviously, cause she's abstaining and, but I don't have any supplies with me. And Buffy's like, yeah, we got rid of all the supplies. And Willow's like, not everything. And everybody's like really judgy with her. But I mean, it's a common thing that addicts will, you know, 
like my mom's quit smoking before and she'll keep, you know, like a pack of cigarettes somewhere in her house. Like she doesn't want to smoke them again, but it's a common thing that like, you're going to have something around just in case because it makes you feel a little calmer about what you're doing and it helps you. And Willow even like explains it later in the episode. She's like, I just wanted to focus on getting better so I wouldn't have to think about it. I kept some things just in case, but I wasn't intending to use them. And I don't, that tracks for me that she would still have something around, but everybody's just kind of like, that's bad Willow, but go get your stuff. Cause we need it. You know, <laughs> I don't know. Um, and Tara does a spell to release is the word that she uses, you know, hoping that that, that will release them from the house but instead it releases the demon from the sword because Buffy took that sword home that the demon got stuck in. And so it's like this weird demon that can like, you know, like melt into goo and go into the floor or go into the walls or whatever. And, um, he was trapped in the sword, I guess. But when, will when Tara said release in the spell, he got out of the sword and then he, Buffy and Spike start fighting him, but then he like falls into the wall. So now they have the added, like, not only are they stuck in this house, but now they're stuck in this house with this demon that's like in the walls and could come out at any time. And so everybody's very scared and, um, red shirt gets like slashed and they take him, <sighs> they take him upstairs and put him in Willow and Tara's bed. Well, right now, just Willow's bed. It's like, don't put red shirt on the doily bedspread. Which, why does Willow has, have the doily bedspread? Because the doily bedspread is Tara's. Why did she get to keep it? No. But, whatever. They put red shirt bleeding on the doily bedspread. Which, yeah. Anyway. <laughs> At one point, Spike asks Buffy, you ever think about not celebrating a birthday, <laughs> you know, just to try it, <laughs> which is funny because it's always something on Buffy's birthday. Right. Um, which why would Spike even know about that necessarily? Was he ever there for any of her other birthdays? I don't know. I don't think so. Although Spike, one of Buffy's birthday episodes was simultaneously she was having a party at the same time as Drusilla. So presumably Drusilla and Buffy both have the same birthday or at least pretty close to each other, <laughs> which is interesting, right? Um, you know, Spike has a type, crazy Capricorns. <laughs> um, Anya at one point starts really freaking out and she gets she gets kind of bitchy and, um, not right in this moment, but when she first starts freaking out, she's just like, Oh my God, it's really hot in here. It's just really hot in here. And Xander's like, you're just, you're just freaking out. It's okay. We're going to figure this out. I don't know how, but we will. We've been through worse. And Anya's, you know, feeling very trapped. And I think this was a, this was a pretty good performance. I think, um, 
Um, Xander goes to get her some water. The demon comes out of the wall and slashes his arm. And Anya comes out and, like, she's just, you know, in shock, kind of. Just, like, freaking. And he jumps up really quick and he says, I'm okay. I'm okay. I'm okay. And it's just kind of like, you know, sweet boyfriend Xander. Like, we don't get to see it very often. And, you know, he's about to leave Anya at the altar. So we're not going to get to see him being sweet to Anya much longer. But in this episode, he is, you know, he's trying to help her calm down and he downplays his own pain so that she won't, she can, you know, in order to try to protect her from freaking out even more, um, which is sweet. That's just a sweet thing. Um, then there's a scene where Anya gets confrontational with Willow and she's like, they're talking about, I don't know what else we can try. We just haven't thought of the right thing yet is something that Tara says. And, you know, I think we've tried everything. Tara says, you know, we could try magic, but I don't think, I think we've tried everything. And Anya's like, well, that's not true. Now, is it? We're sitting here with a very powerful witch and she's doing nothing. And, you know, in this moment, Anya is, she's being kind of a bitch, but she's speaking the truth. Like it's, it, it would be normal for Willow to maybe break her fast to help everyone right now. Um, I don't like that people are constantly like, I'm sorry, Tara, you're just not that powerful, which I get Willow is more powerful, which than Tara, but I just don't like that. Tara can do shit. Okay. Tara could get them out of this mess. It's not that big of a deal. God. Anyway. <laughs> but, um, and then there's the whole moment where Willow's like, I don't know if I start, I might not be able to stop. Um, and she says no. And Xander is, you know, he's like, you know, I don't want to gang up on you, but Anya's kind of right. Which like since when does Xander back Anya up? This is like the first time ever. He's constantly like telling her that she's doing things wrong and she's socially awkward and blah, blah, blah. But now he's on her side, like whatever. But he, he's, he's sweet about it. And Willow just says no again, you know, and then Anya just starts getting in her face. And that's when Tara steps in between them. And she says, and it's just great. She's like, she said no, and that's it. You're not going to make her do something she doesn't want to do. And if you try, you're going to have to go through me first. And it's just like, just so sweet, you know, because Tara and Willow really, you know, haven't been talking and, it, and it's been, you know, we, they had that little conversation in the last episode and, you know, Tara hadn't really been around Willow yet to know if, you know, she really is doing well with the whole abstaining from magic thing. And now she sees it firsthand that she's doing so much better. And, you know, to the point of this being a magic show, a paranormal magic vampire show, like Willow should have helped, but I get it. She's like, no, I can't, I can't, I can't do it for red shirt. I don't know this guy. They're like, what should we name this character that's going to be here in this one episode and never again that we're going to try to set Buffy up with, but it's not going to go well. 
He's going to be a red shirt. Um, red shirt, red shirt. Richard. Let's call him Richard. <laughs> anyway. Um, so that's a sweet little moment of Tara the Pitbull <laughs> standing up for Willow. Um, at one point, Buffy and Dawn have a little talk one-on-one. -on -one, and Buffy is actually really sweet and understanding to Dawn in this conversation. You know, they actually kind of talk about... You know, Dawn's like, you haven't been around. This is what should have happened earlier. Instead of everyone ganging up on Dawn, it should have just been Buffy and Dawn talking. And they have kind of a productive conversation. And um, Dawn talks about the guidance counselor. And Buffy starts asking questions. And she's actually doing it in a very non-Buffy way. She's not being accusatory. She's not um, being shitty like she normally is in these kind of conversations she just is gentle okay so you you talk you, you talk to a gui guidance counselor that you've never met before yesterday and you and she got you to start talking about problems at home did you by any chance make a wish to her or anything <laughs> she was you know she was gentle about it and you know she didn't set dawn off in this moment which is nice dawn was like uh yeah uh, and so they kind of realize what's going on. But it, then in that moment, Anya is just still continuing to freak out. Um, so at least they've set it up that like Anya is the type of person that once she starts feeling trapped like a rat, she's going to lash out. Um, so she is like going through all of Dawn's stuff. Like she knows something. I know she knows something. And this is when she finds the jewelry box full of trinkets that Dawn has stolen. And Dawn, Anya's like, most of this stuff is from the magic box. How could you? Which, you know, yeah, how could you? How could you steal from the magic box? Like, I get you're going through some shit right now. You've been through so much in the last year, Dawn. It totally makes sense that she would be a kleptomaniac right now. But stealing from the magic box, I just, she wouldn't do that. I know I already said that, but she just wouldn't do it. But during this whole thing, when they're finding out everything, you know, again, Dawn just sort of like storms out of the room, but it's her bedroom. So she's not going to her bedroom this time. She goes downstairs and they all follow her and they're confronting her about everything. And that's when Buffy kind of like looks at the jacket that's still in the box that, you know, that Dawn had given her that still had the security tag on it. Um, she suddenly puts that together and she's like, what? But she still stands up for her. She's like, well, maybe it's not her fault, you know, whatever. And then they put it together that um, Halfrick is the cause of this entire situation. Um, and Anya's like, only a vengeance demon can break her spell. Like, that's why nothing else is working. And this has been set up before, so that's nice. Like, we know this about Vengeance Demons. Like, you have to either destroy their amulet, or they have to break their own spell. That's it. Also, you know, I'd love to have a power amulet. <laughs> um, whenever uh, Anya goes back to the Vengeance Fold, in another few episodes we see her amulet, which is different than the one that she had when she was first introduced as a character. But the one that she has when she goes back to being a vengeance demon, I'm pretty sure is a Labradorite. 
the one that Halfrick has in this episode is a really dark blue stone, so it could be like a lapis lazuli or something like that. I don't know. I'm just saying. If I was a vengeance demon, I would have a really cool amulet. And I would think of really cool ways to punish people without punishing people that didn't deserve it, you know, um, and I'd get to live forever. Cool. Fine with that. Great. <laughs> I don't even care if I have like, you know, that veiny looking face thing happening, you know, cause you get to put it on when you want to, you don't always have to have it. <laughs> oh, okay. Um, so Halfrick shows up because Anya calls her. And, um, the demon comes out and stabs her at that moment. And everybody's like, ah, and then commercial break. And then, um, this is when like another fight goes down with the demon. And this time Buffy slays it and it goes back into the sword and Buffy decides to break the sword, which, you know, I might've been a little impulsive because you don't know what if you break the sword and that releases him. Like, that that could have happened. But thankfully it didn't. It just destroyed him, I guess. And um, Halfrick is fine. She stands up. And when Anya's like, get the amulet. And somebody starts reaching for it. And she's like, there will be no touching of the amulet. <laughs> or something like that. Um, and then Anya and Halfrick are arguing. Because they're like best friends. Back from the vengeance days, best friends. And Halfrick's like, I told you I was going to take care of some business while I was in town. And Anya's like, but not cursing us. Um, there's this cute little moment where Spike and Halfrick recognize each other because I'm assuming that what happened was they enjoyed working with her when she played Cecily in the flashbacks on Fool for Love. Um, or was it Fool? I think it was Fool for Love. Um, where she's like Spike's love interest from before he got turned into a vampire. Um, and I'm assuming they just wanted to work with her again. So they hired her for this part, but then they had to like acknowledge it somehow because somebody was going to notice. Um, so this is how they did that. But, you know, I like the idea that like Cecily, there was more to her than we thought, you know, she was kind of shitty to Spike because he, but he was also sort of stalkery towards her. So, you know, we don't know that whole story. And then at some point she becomes a vengeance demon. <laughs> like, how interesting, <laughs> you know? You meet someone in the late 1800s while you're human, and they become a vampire, and you become a vengeance demon. And then your paths meet again, you know, some 140 years later. <laughs> interesting. <laughs> oh, I love it. So they just have a little moment where Hal Halfrick looks at Spike and goes, William? And they're like, everybody's like, do you guys know each other? And they're like, no, no. <clears throat> and that's it. Like nothing else is said about that. Nothing else needs to be said about that because, you know, people that are fans of Buffy enough to recognize her as Cecily, you know, that's all we needed. Um, and I wish that stuff like that would be done in TV and movies more often. Just kind of little nods like that. You can fill in the blanks. It's, it's a little acknowledgement of something and you can fill in the blanks instead of just pretending that like some character that is an actor that's been on the show for other parts isn't, you know, just don't pretend it doesn't exist. It, acknowledge it in some way. I think this, this was a good acknowledgement, I think. 
Um, where are we? Um, so then they have the conversation. I thought vengeance demons were, you know, helped wronged women. And Halfrick says, you know, that's Anya's thing. Most of us try to be a little bit more well-rounded. <laughs> we, you know, wreak vengeance on anyone that needs it for any reason. And apparently Halfrick's thing is she likes to, um, step in and do vengeance on parents. That's her particular specialty, which makes sense to me. I want to know more about her story. Because Anya, like, coughs into her hand and says, Daddy issues. <laughs> she also says, um, most of us try to be a little bit more well-rounded. And FYI, just so you know, we prefer justice demons <laughs> instead of vengeance demons. Which I love. Um, and then she kind of, like, shame on use everyone else. And I like this, you know, they need to hear it. She says, you know, I could hear her crying out everywhere I went in this town. Speaking of Dawn and her pain at like, you know, everyone abandoning her all the time, which makes sense. Like her mom died last year. Her sister died last year. And then she came back and she isn't really there. You know, it makes sense that she would be feeling alone right now. I mean, somebody like Dawn, who's pretty and like, you know, somebody like that would probably be a popular kid in high school. So it doesn't really make sense that she doesn't have more friends to turn to other than Janice. You know, I think she would probably be on the phone more often and have people to talk to, but whatever. We're supposed to think she's just some nerdy kid that doesn't really have any friends. And so she's, you know, relying on all her weird chosen family to hang out with her. But anyway, so where are we? She says, I could hear her crying out everywhere I went in this town and it was unbearable. And none of you knew. Shame on you. I don't know if she actually says shame on you anywhere um, during that sentence. Um during that little speech, but maybe she does. Um, and then she tries to leave. She's like, all you have now is time and each other. Um, and she's not going to break the spell. And she tries to leave, but she can't leave because she becomes part of the spell, I guess, because she tied the spell to everyone that was in the house at that moment. But then she can't leave. So, um, sorry, I keep pausing because I have like this huge knot in my hair and it's distracting me, but I just need to wait until I can get to a brush <laughs> instead of like, um, constantly being distracted by it. Okay. I'm going to stop. I'm going to stop worrying about the knot in my hair. I will deal with it later. <laughs> Autism thing. Focus on something and we can't stop focusing on it. Um, then we have a little conversation between Willow and Tara, um, Willow explaining why she kept the magic stuff. And Tara says, I understand. I do. But it's time to work without the net. Like, it got really bad. And you still said no. And so she gives her, like, a little bit of validation in that moment, which is sweet. Um, then, okay. Oh, I just kind of sped over. Like, so because Halford can't leave either. She's like, okay, fine. The spell is lifted. <laughs> and so everybody leaves at the end of the episode and they're all like so happy to finally get out of the house. Like you would be, but Clem's like good party on his way out. 
I love Clem so much. And um, everybody's, you know, walking out the door. And Buffy, you can tell she, like, is looking longingly out the front door she wants to go to. But she decides to stay. And so that's the last shot of the episode where you see, you know, you see Dawn in the background, like, just standing there when everyone's, like, walking out, abandoning her again. And Buffy decides not to abandon her this time. So, cool. Nice. Um, let's do ratings of the episode. Object of the episode. So when we're in Dawn's room, when Anya's discovering all the shit that she stole, there's this mobile hanging from the ceiling that is like wooden tropical fish on strings on a mobile. And I swear we had something like that in the nineties at my house. It might not have been a full mobile Mom, do you remember? But I remember a string hanging somewhere in the house, like a fishing line with little wooden painted, like hot pink fish hanging on it. I wouldn't necessarily need a whole mobile, but just like a little strand with like three or four fish on it would be pretty cool. <laughs> just hanging somewhere in my house. <laughs> That'd be an easy thing to find. Um, outfit of the episode. I can't believe I didn't mention it before now, but it's Tara's. She's wearing a dark blue lace shirt and a dark red, like velvet. It looks like it's velvet. It could also be like suede or something. It just looks like, you know, soft like that, like just super long skirt, like floor length skirt. Um, and it's just super cute. I love it. I definitely want that outfit. And she's also wearing a necklace. That's like a beaded, like little chandelier pendant that looks like it's probably like really, really dark blue, same color as her shirt. Um, it's possible that the lace shirt was also was black instead of dark blue, but it just looked like it was dark blue. Um, or maybe it was like a bluish black, but she had the, everybody, there were some good necklaces in this episode. Buffy was also wearing like a little off the shoulder black, um, frilly long sleeve top. And she was wearing like a, her necklace was kind of like a leather strap that like had little ties that came down in the front, but it had what looked like a dried rose bud on it. Um, that was really cool. Like, I don't know that, that might be my real object of the episode because that would be harder to find because <laughs> that was cool. I liked it because it looked like a real dried rose bud. Um, it was just a cool pendant. Anyway, there were some good pendants in this episode for sure. Halfrick, Buffy, Tara, Willow even had like her pendant wasn't that notable looking, but it matched her outfit really well. Um, so they had the good costume designer on set for this episode because there were actually some okay outfits in this episode. Even Dawn, like she was wearing Buffy blue. She was wearing like a khaki colored skirt, like short skirt and khaki colored, like knee length boots. It was like stylish, but also, you know, Dawn like it made sense. I think she was also wearing like a gold heart pendant or something like that. It's a good pendant game in this episode. Even, even Xander was wearing like, it wasn't a bowling shirt, but it was kind of like a whimsical pattern, like a bowling shirt might be, you know what I'm saying? Like, kind of evocative of the types of shirts that he wore whenever we first met him 
back at baby Xander days, you know, it was, it was nice. Um, the only thing was Richard just, they put him in a fucking bright red polo shirt. Like he looked awful. I don't remember what Clem was wearing. And Spike was of course just wearing an all black outfit like usual. <laughs> I don't know why I'm talking about what everyone was wearing, but anyway, um, quote of the episode. I don't even know necessarily. I'm just going to skip over that because there wasn't really, I mean, there were like notable little moments. Maybe the quote of the episode is get out, get out, get out, get out. Because it's so satisfying when she does that. <laughs> um, five by five. I mean, this was a perfectly enjoyable, you know, mid season, move the plot along kind of episode. There was one little mention of the trio, but, um, they weren't shown at all during this episode. Um, yeah, it was, it was good. It was fine. I'll give it a four. Why not? It was, it was perfectly fine. This is not an episode that I would ever skip. So it was good. Um, so that's it. So most likely I'll be back at some point next week, whether that be next Friday, Saturday, Sunday, somewhere around there. And I'll talk about the angel episodes that we missed. Um, probably just, you know, kind of a few minutes about each episode. I'm assuming, you know, depending on what they were. Cause I do want to get caught up. <laughs> I'm not sure, you know, if I, if my ultimate goal is to get caught up and then go back to the way I was doing it before where I talk about Angel, like as a little intro. And then I talk about the Buffy episode for most of the episode. I don't know. I don't know. I'm just going with the flow. And my current plan is to catch up and then catch you up on what I caught up on. So that'll be next week. Um, and then we'll be back to talk about another episode of Buffy two weeks from today. I will talk to you soon. Bye.